Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Welcome to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. I'm your host, Todd Citron. We're, this is a two-part series with Father Kyle and John Shakespeare. Uh Father Kyle, welcome to the show again. Uh, just a blessing to have you here uh, today. And um, we, Father Kyle has got so many great stories to share, uh, so many stories of uh, he's been in every parish almost in Acadiana, it seems like. And uh, tell me a little bit about, I'll ask the question and before you can get into some of the stories, but what is, what is the Cajun Catholic, when, when you hear the term Cajun Catholic, what does that mean to you? I don't know what to say because <laughs> we're Cajuns and we're Catholic, <laughs> and the, the the faith is very strong in Acadiana. Uh, They're one and the same, aren't they? I mean, it seems like it would. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> I, I think so. You know, the culture is. Uh, you know, the, the Acadians uh, have, on some previous shows, mm-hmm. the Acadians found their way down to South Louisiana and were persecuted for their religious beliefs and. You know, I just uh, feel, I've always felt like this area is ordained, that it's special, that it's it's the promised land, if you want to say. And there's so many great people. I've had the great fortune to travel a little bit. <clears throat> nothing is like, like here. There's nothing like it. Like it. Uh, any church you go to in South Louisiana on a Sunday is going to be pretty much packed. And uh, you don't see that around the country. Uh, and I think one of the unique things, too, is that our, our people, our Catholics, get out and travel, and they bring the gospel to everyone around the world. There's people that I know from Brobridge that, you know, that that have um, just brought the, the 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 word of God cross country, and um, so you mentioned you had never made it to the Holy Land, but I would assume you made it to the Vatican. I have not. Have not. Okay. No. My name's over there. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, you see, when I was ordained, I was only 23. Mm-hmm. Canonical age was 24. Oh. During the war, we were accelerated and we gained a year. So the bishop wrote to Rome, the Pope, I guess, and got permission to ordain me and my classmate, Father Frugia, at the age of 23. So I know my name is there. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to tell you something. Uh, When I went to the seminary, the second day I almost got kicked out of the (laughs) seminary. The rector said to me, we had gone, I had gone to register. What is your name? I said, Floyd Colley. What's wrong with your mother, he said. I said, what do you mean? Didn't she know that Floyd is not a saint's name? I said, well, she knew that, Father, but she liked the name so much, she was hoping someday there would be a saint Mm -hmm. by the name of Floyd. (laughs) And there will be. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Uh, Father, uh, I know you because of all your wonderful stories, and you've told me several of the stories and I'd like for you to uh, share with us some of my favorite stories. Okay. And we talked about this before. Tell us the story about you. Uh, I think it was the day before that you were ordained mm-hmm. on the train with yeah. this with this fella. On June 2nd, I got on the train in New Orleans to come to Lafayette to be ordained the next day. The seat next to mine was vacant. A gentleman walked up and he said, uh, Father, is anybody sharing this with you? I said, no. He said, you want if I sit with you? I said, not at all. He says, you know, I'm not Catholic. Well, I didn't know. He said, uh, 
but I've always admired the church and priests. Made me feel good. I was going to be one the next day. He said, well, I could never be Catholic. I said, why not? Oh, no, I said, I couldn't be Catholic. I said, well, why not? He said, Father, I, I just couldn't go to you and tell, tell you my sins. I said, why couldn't you? He said, look, you think I could tell you? And he told me everything he'd ever <laughs> done wrong in his life. And I said to him, if you were Catholic and I were a priest, he said, you're not a priest. I said, I will be one tomorrow. I will not share what you told me today. And, uh, but he relaxed. You could tell he was comfortable. He was psychologically different. He says, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to get it off your chest. I said, that's what it's all about. But you could go one step further and be forgiven in the name of Jesus, by Jesus, through the priest for all the sins you've committed. And I've often wondered, I got off the train in Lafayette and he kept on. I wonder what happened to that man. I think he changed his life forever, I'm sure. I'm sure. The other story, John, you made Yeah, what about uh, the story uh, when you were riding your lawnmower? Remember well, that, that one? Yes, very <laughs> much so. When I was in Richard, uh, I was everything. I was the uh, CCD director. I was the yard man. <laughs> you name it, I did it. And on Holy Saturday afternoon, of course, I wasn't that busy in that little place, I went to uh, put gas in my little tractor. And while I was doing that, I had khakis on and a straw hat and sunglasses. Two young ladies walked, I saw them walking toward me, and uh, each one was carrying a Bible. So I thought to myself, this will be interesting. Nobody <laughs> expects a lick person, Catholic, to know anything about the Bible. So one of them said, uh, do you mind if we read scripture to you? I said, I would be delighted. So she said, well, tomorrow's the Feast of the Resurrection. Can we read something about Easter? I said, sure. So she did. I said, honey, you read so well. I would like for you to read something for me. Sure, what's that? I said, St. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 19 to 23. And she did. That's when Jesus gives the power to his apostles to forgive sins. I said, now, close the book and tell me what you read. I said, well, if you hurt somebody, tell me you're sorry. I said, you have just disappointed me. What do you mean? I said, you read so well, and unfortunately, you do not understand what you're reading. I said, now read it again. <coughs> and she did. I said, look at me, eyeball to eyeball. What did Jesus tell these men to do? She said, to forgive sins. I said, do you believe that? They said they were in a hurry. They had to leave, and that's as for that conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think John likes this one, too. When I was in Richard again, I was free to do missions and days of recollection retreats. I was, giving a, I was going to give a mission in Grand Prairie. I had no idea where it was. So I did a dry run the Sunday before, and I was pretty close to it, I figured. I saw a little boy riding a bike. I stopped him. I said, son, do you know where the Catholic Church is? Yeah, right down the road. I said, I'll be giving a mission there next week. He said, what's a mission? I said, well, I'll be telling people how to find God and so on. He said, you can't even find the church. How can you tell people how to find God? <laughs> 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 I 
Out of the mouths of babes, the truth <laughs> shall be spoken. <laughs> so, Father, you're, I believe, 92. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. I did a little research. My, uh, that's fantastic. And again, Father's uh, mom lived to be 101. And I know Father's going to maybe live to be 150, <laughs> and he looks fantastic. What is the secret to your health? Uh, you, you look fantastic. You, you, you really look like in wonderful shape. Do you like a good lot of Cajun food, or what, what's the deal? Well, uh, I think it's in the genes. My mother lived to be almost 101. <coughs> My mother did not die from sickness. She just, she just died. She was old enough to die. But uh, she enjoyed her life. She spent the last three years of her life with me. And I became a teenager again. I told the people at Holy Cross when that happened. I said, I am a teenager again. Every time I leave the house, I have to answer three questions. Where are you going, who with, and when are you coming back? <laughs> Yeah. What's your favorite food? You really want to know? I do. Rice, Rice. white beans, or red beans. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's a good Cajun dish right there. Oh, so. man. And uh, shrimp and okra gumbo. All right. And can you cook that? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> My mother would not allow me close to the, uh, to the stove. <laughs> but when I was living uh, shortly after I retired, I started cooking breakfast for myself. I would fry eggs. And one day, Mom was with me. I said, Mom, would you like breakfast? She said, well, who's going to cook it? I said, your son. I'm sure. So she stood by me, and I fried eggs. And Mama would put grease in the skillet. And of course, it would splash. And I used Pam. And I, I flipped that egg over, and nothing happened. Well, Mom wouldn't compliment me, but she told her sister, who was like a mother to me, she was my godmother, she said, Hilda, you would never believe what Flo can do. He can fly <laughs> <eggs>. <laughs> I love that. You, you had mentioned uh, um, you had made confirmation, and that was something that was a big moment in your life also. And I, w I meant to ask you this question, and do you remember, who was your confirmation sponsor? Was it, was it your sister? I'm an only child. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. To yes, be sir. honest with you, I don't remember. No, no. Yeah. I know my name was John. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but the bishop made a real deep impression on me. It's uh, not many people can say he was ordained by the bishop who confirmed him. You know, I've, I've noticed a big uh, movement with the youth today, especially at UL. I see a lot of these college kids going to daily mass, and I know with my daughters, I have three daughters, and they really have, have dove into their faith. And I feel like there's a spiritual renewal going on. But do you see that? Uh, do you see that with the priests that are currently and, and with the youth? Do you feel like it's different than it was back when you were younger or, or, or better or worse? Well, they have a great opportunity today to learn about their faith. But I want to say a word about, people need to know that. Father Bryce Sibley mm -hmm. is the chaplain at the Catholic Student Center. He is a gift to the church. They have a program in Lafayette called Food for the Journey. And uh, every month, I think on the second Tuesday of the month, they invite a priest to come and give a talk. And uh, one month, mm -hmm. they invited the uh, vocation director, I forget his name, and he brought all 49 seminarians. Each one introduced himself. 
said where he was from and who influenced him to be go to the seminary. And every one of them, it looked like to me, said I was influenced by Father Sibley. So I'm thinking, well, what did I do? So I got up and I said, I want you all to know I sent Father Sibley to the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I mean, a lot of the uh, religious nuns and, and sisters have come uh, also through Father Sibley. It's amazing. Uh, the gentleman you you saw at work today, Art Robile, his daughter, uh, Ali, is a uh, and uh, and then she's a nun in New York. She just recently had gone over there. Really? And, uh, yeah, we we've been very fortunate at work to have a lot of wonderful people. Uh, Deacon Joe Trahan worked at our our company for fifty years. But you have a a deacon working here? Yeah. Uh, well, Deacon Mitch Abear. That's my cousin. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Mitch worked for us for I guess twenty twenty five years. He's not so. here anymore. No, he's he works for the tractor place in town. How you doing, Mitch? Good to see you out there. Mitch uh, did my mom's funeral and did an amazing oh. job. Uh, just brought a lot of. He's yeah. just been a blessing to our family and uh, and Mitch's whole family are Cursiestas and. Let me uh, tell you about his father. Yeah, I know. You know that story? I, no, I don't, but I know him very well. Okay, I, I think he died. Well. Yes, yeah. he did. At the Cusillo, he sat next to me. I didn't know who he was. And uh, he says, you know, I don't want to be here, but somebody promised to give me a suit <laughs> if I came. And so I'm here for the new suit. And then he, uh, an eyelash got into his eye, and there was a, uh, a doctor there who told him to go rest put uh, hot compress maybe on the eye. And Father Fidelis was the one giving the cusillo. And everything was together in one big room, the, uh, the beds and where we listened to the talks. So after a while, he came and sat next to me. I said, I thought the doctor said for you to go to bed. He said he did, but this is too good to miss. Mm. And I said, well, Holy Spirit, I have seen your work. And about uh, the next night, at two o'clock in the morning, he came to me and he said, uh, I can't take this anymore. Would you walk around with me and hear my confession? Mm. And he returned to the church. And I don't think he missed one could see you after that. No, Mr. Clifford was a legend out there. He played and the guitar and, mm -hmm. you know. And his son Mitch, which you may not know, he had a he when he was at the dealership, he had 11 children. Yeah. And he told me his wife got pregnant and I'm like, Mitch, yeah. you know, how can yeah. you have more kids? And they ended up having twins. What? <laughs> he, his last group was twins, I believe. So Mitch has 13, I believe. So wow. there goes God's blessings, you know, over that family. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Father, there's one other story that you shared with me just recently. And I don't remember too much of the details, but it was about a man that you had said something that offended him. Oh, yeah. And then he came to your house later? Well, two angry Christians do not accomplish anything. <laughs> At Holy Cross, I would hear confessions before Mass on Sunday. On this particular Sunday, before the 11 o'clock Mass, I saw that man standing by the confessional. I was on my way to hear confessions. Two elderly women stopped me to talk. First thing I knew was five minutes of 11, and uh, it was time to go dress for Mass. So I went to tell the man I was sorry, but I would hear his confession after Mass. He says, if you're not going to use this bad word, confessional, why don't you throw it outside? And he stomped out of church. Mm. 
I was not in a good mood to say mass because I felt I was wrong. So after mass, I called him. I said, listen, I said, uh, we need to talk. And I said, I don't know when, but we need to talk. Said, if you got time, I'll come now. I said, well, come on. When he walked in, he says, I'll run my business like you run your business. I'll be out of business. So I let him talk. When he finished, I said, that's it? He said, yeah. I got on my knees and I said, bless me, call him John, because everything you said is true. I was wrong, I'm sorry, I hope you can forgive me. He grabbed me, he sobbed, mm. and uh, we're the best of friends today. Wow, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. Wow, so Father Kale, you're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Our guest today is Father Kale, and uh, John Shakespeare uh, and I are co-hosting the show today, and we feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. Uh, tell me, Father, um, what did you feel like is the hardest part about being a priest? What was the, the part that was so, was a, if there was a hard part? At one time, dealing with racists yeah. was tough. I'm going to tell you a story. I was in a place I won't mention. Um, I allowed a black boy to be an altar boy. The Ladies' Altar Society, it was the first Sunday in May, 19, well, I won't give you the date, they'll know where I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, he served Mass. And the ladies also decided refused to have their meeting after Mass because I let that happen. And the following Sunday, I got 15 black jelly beans in the collection uh-huh. basket. Well, ushers talk, and I found out who they were. Two of them never came to Mass. One never missed Mass. But the two who didn't come to Mass, they never missed Mass after that. They wanted to see what I would say about the black jelly beans. I did not say a word until my last Sunday there. When I was transferred to Abbeville, I was telling them goodbye. I said, thank you very much for being so nice to me and so kind to me. I said, I hope I did some good here. I know know one good thing I did. I said, there are two men in church right now who had not been coming to Mass. I said, you're here today because you wanted to know what I would say about the black jelly beans. Today, I'm going to tell you. Why didn't you wrap them up? I love black jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had the great pleasure of spending a little time with Bishop Desitel, and he's a wonderful man, and I think he's doing a great job. And um, how well do you know Father uh, Bishop Desitel? Uh, I have um, I had the pleasure of uh, being in two homes where he was for dinner one evening, two evenings, and. Um, He's from. Uh, lo- he's from. Uh, he is from. Um, Brazil. 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 Yes. Yeah. And uh, he is so easy to get to know. He is so interested in helping the poor. He is so interested in helping the priests be priests. Last year he ordained seven young men, and I tell you. The church of the di- in the Diocese of Lafayette is very fortunate to have such fine priests. They, uh, 
They want to be priests. They want to. They don't mind the sacrifice, whatever sacrifice is entailed. And uh, I really admire them. Bishop Desertel says he doesn't tell other bishops how fortunate he is in having so many vocations. And uh, it, it is so true. I think this year we had three. Next year, I think maybe one. I'm not, I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. it, it'll get better. We have 40 seminarians now in the seminary. And uh, from Cecilia High School, eight priests came out of there. Wow. And we have two more seminarians in the seminary. A testament to the Cajun Catholics. That's right. No question about it. Yeah. Father, uh, recently uh, you and I visited Charlene's grave mm -hmm. with a, a, a f couple of friends of mine, and we had a wonderful experience. Uh, can you share with us some of the, the miracles that you've mm -hmm. experienced in yes. visiting Charlene's mm -hmm. grave? Uh, maybe two or three of them. There was a young lady, 18 years old, who contracted colon cancer, stage four. Her father, I taught in high school at uh, Cathedral years ago. And I think once he got his diploma, he walked out of church and never went back. That's his story. You can read his story. It's, it's on the grave, Charlene's grave. Yeah. <coughs> but uh, the little daughter wanted to go to Charlene's grave, and she said he didn't believe in all that. But it's your daughter, and... Uh, you know, you'll do whatever you can. So he, finally he went. They came back. Nothing seemed to have happened. And she begged her father to go again a second time. And reluctantly he went. And she was kneeling there and praying. And she got up and she traced Charlene's uh, a name, C-H. And when she got up, she said, Daddy, I'm healed. Mm. But she looked like death warmed over. And uh, but she got better, better. Dr. Mesa was the oncologist. And uh, one day he said to them, I, I'm happy to tell you there's no trace of cancer in your daughter. Well, there were two miracles involved. And I think the greater of the two was that the father, uh, Will, he was, <laughs> he, he, was, he was against it all. But I mean, he made a complete turn. He goes to Charlene's grave two or three times a week. He was going and still be going to Mass every day. I went there one day. There was a man kneeling by the grave, and I knelt next to him. And he looked at me and said, You Father Collie? I said, Yeah, I taught you in high school. I said, You're Rocky Roy. He said, I said, Give me a big hug, man. And, uh, the little girl has participated in uh, marathons. She was in the Boston Marathon when uh, that bomb went off. She had just crossed the line. Hmm. And uh, she has, I think, three or four kids. Everybody's happy. Well, what a miracle. <clears throat> you ready for our Holy Spirit moment? You and I, <clears throat> Rock Roy, was our service manager at, at the company for 10 years. Really? And uh, he, he was a big connection to Charlene Richard mm -hmm. with the store and with that gentleman. Yeah. I told you Albert Malasson, but led a lot of people around the store to, to Charlene's grave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know him Dr. Basa well. wrote a, a letter stating that there is no medical explanation for the healing of that young lady. And it's in the archives. We hope to use it someday. 
we got a few minutes left on the show. You, this, it, go ahead and tell uh, some other stories of Charlene and you know you were said there well, was. A I couple. can't. I can't think of any other stories that I recall right now. You can't. No, but I know you have many more. Well, I want to tell you this story. Yes, sir. My deacon year at Notre Dame Seminary, about uh, three months from being ordained a priest, the moral theology professor told us what to do in case you call to a house of prostitution. <laughs> and I laughed and he said, Floyd, why are you laughing? I said, Father, they wouldn't call you to a place like that. And he said, they have souls, don't they? I said, well, yes. So I'm ordained, I go to New Iberia. I'm a priest about three months. At midnight, the phone rings. I didn't know New Iberia. I'd just been there three months. But the sick call was on uh, Railroad Avenue. Didn't know where it was. I stopped at the bus station. I asked the man running the station. I said, where's Railroad Avenue? I've got my cassock on. He said, what you want to know that for? I said, I have a sick call. He said, two blocks, take a left, good luck. So when I got there, I realized I was in not a very good place. But I never saw a Catholic home more spiritually decorated Sacred Heart of Jesus, Blessed Mother, Crucifix, all, all over the place. But I didn't do because I didn't know where I was going. What the priest told us to do, call the police. So I told them I forgot something. I went back to the rectory. I called the police. Two of them escorted me there. It's the only time in 69 years I've anointed someone flanked by two policemen. Wow. Mm. Mm. So the next day I called them the moral theology professor. I said, Father, don't stop telling the seminarians what to do in case you get that kind of a call. Mm. And she was anointed, I think, three or four times. She weighed about 400 pounds. Wow. Cool. She was running the, the house. She wasn't, at least at that time. Yeah. Just like I said a couple of minutes in the show, Father, what, what is your message out to the good Cajun Catholics out there in Acadiana uh, for, for you, from from you, for them? And uh, then if you don't mind, I'd, I'd sure appreciate if you would do a blessing for us. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I would tell them, like I told the first class I taught at Montcormley, New Iberia, I spent nine years in a special school uh, to learn the faith. I'm sharing it with you every day. But if it dies with you, um, then I've wasted my time. You have to be evangelists. You have to, if you appreciate the faith, you have to learn how to share it. And I want lay people to know they have no idea how powerful they are. I was, uh, I was a man going through RCIE at Holy Cross. When we got to Eucharist, he said, I just can't accept that. I worked on him. A deacon worked on him, nothing. One day he came with a big smile. I said, what, what gives? He said, Father, I finally got it. I said, oh yeah, I'm thinking, well, he's thought of the things we said. He said, you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> so I went to get a haircut in Scott and the barber had just made a cusillo and I told him the experience I had. And he said, when he talked to me about the Eucharist, he said, it made all the difference in the world. I believe in the Eucharist. Here's a lay person that did much better than me and a deacon. So you lay people out there, you've been blessed with the faith, share it. I love it.
Thank you so much for being here. John, thank you for, for bringing Father Kale and, and being a co-host today. It's, it's been a real blessing in my life. And uh, Father, uh, I ask for your continued blessing. You'll be in my prayers always. Thank you so much. Thank you so and much. And thank you, Todd, for what you do here. God bless you.